Uh, we we have a a big house on, uh, and I'm going to kind of jump around, but you, Joe, it'll keep me on the track. Uh, up on uh, near Playland Park, we moved here um, about eight years ago, nine years ago. Before that, like I say, we're about five minutes away, so we've been married, mar uh, members of this parish for over 40 years. So, you know, we, we know the, the parish very intimately and would be involved with the Hinton, but it wasn't until 10 years ago that we moved here. In the overall story, incidentally, uh, you go past, it, maybe you've seen it, you go a couple of blocks from here and there's the uh, parish center and you'll see a mural and the mural tells the story. Have you seen it? Yeah, I that, saw the mural coming, that, driving through the that neighborhood. That tells the story. But here's a version of, of the story. Uh, in the 50s, this began, the parish began kind of emptying uh, with, the, uh, with, with the Anglos moving towards the north side. Gradually, it was to the north side, then they moved more and more as they became more and more affluent. But this was a staunch Irish Catholic parish for years and years, St. Patrick's, San Patricio. And um, the neighborhood began to fall or decline when they put in this freeway up here, right here, that was in the early 50s, late uh, 40s, part of the urban mu uh, mu uh, uh, renewal on the other side. Uh, the people fought this. Uh, you know, they said, okay, uh, uh, freeway, fine, but put it by the railroad, you know. But they didn't, and there's some of the people we've talked to around it, and I would give you the names of them, but they fought it. Um, and they they witnessed it, and some of them were you know kind of silent witnesses, but they they have experienced what happened, and uh, no, they put it right here, and they wiped out six to seven hundred homes, which was about to perish. So that's a killing blow, and then. Uh, well, a little diminishing was World War II. People began to cut up these houses, these big houses, into red houses. So that that was initially, then this, then the Anglos taking off, and then gradually, you know, crime and so forth came in here. So when we came in here, or when we were associated with the parish in the uh, 60s, and 70s and so forth, uh, we began to, you know, do some things. But it wasn't until the 70s when we got involved with cops or cops became involved. Uh, cops are, is mostly on the west side, but we have a real dynamic leader who's still around and, and you probably would want to talk to her again. I don't know mm -hmm. your interview or whatever. 
uh, but she's a dynamic leader, leader, and together with Joanne and a few other of the organizers, you know, I, I had my profession, and, and I would help out and so forth, uh, but but it was, they did, you know, the organizing, and I had the information, incidentally, and we, we, we worked together. But anyway, in the 70s, the cops got going. We organized St. Patrick's, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I knew about some of the programs coming up. I sat on the War on Poverty Board, so, I, well, that, I, that's one of my strengths. I've got a, a intermediate role with the middle class and, you know, and so forth, so I've got a lot of information. Anyway, I found out, and I worked with uh, Claude Black on this too, okay. uh, that uh, uh, there was what they called a select target housing uh, area program for San Antonio uh, uh, Housing Authority or slash Urban Renewal. Uh, so we we got that, and that was a cool move. That that provided uh, funding uh, for housing and rehab in this area. And, it, and it was from the community development block grant monies. Yes, okay. that's, uh, that's, where the that's when the feds were much more generous. That, that was the, uh, the spigot, CDBG funds. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't want to go too much into it. But all these things are related because um, um, Albert Pena and I were close together. We were working and so forth. And he was on the board of the Community Development uh, uh, Center in, uh, in Washington, D.C. So he alerted me about the CBDB mm -hmm. funds coming up and so forth. So, you know, it's a whole network mm -hmm. of uh, Mexicanos, you know, mm -hmm. people passing the word, working. The, the, the communication is very key, and, you know, we cut, okay, let's move this way. So anyway, we got this going, and the result, and I don't want to get too much in details, was about 50 new houses, and you take a drive around with me, and I'll say, oh, that's a cop house. That's a cop's repair house, and this oh, and this and that, and about 50 rehab, but we also got some major draining on uh, Sandmire. That that was a real Sandmire. atrocity there. Mm -hmm. Sandmire's is over here, and uh, the Hente used to get flooded out. It's, it's a big, the creek, whatever the creek is, uh, would come in, and flood out this whole street, and people would be flooded out and so forth. And it, it was, I remember some of the hint that it did it, they, they drove us, look at this, and uh, they, they got this done. But it, you know, it took months and months working with, who was the city councilman? Uh, Henry Cisneros, of course, but the other, uh, Hartman. Oh yeah, Gordon Hartman. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he is built that some name? houses too. Huh? He built. Well, that's a that's another little yeah. story, honey. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm saying how we. It's no 
you know, power. It's a, you get your power and then you get a coalition, including a decision maker, you know, a real decision, which was uh, Hartman, Glenn Hartman. So he helped us at this particular project. And the reason I'm stressing it, it was what, um, 10 million, 8 million, 6 million, I think, pretty heavy. And we also got streets and so forth. Um, so that put a pattern of, of leadership there. And uh, what, what I'm saying is this is a neighborhood that was way down, and it's been kind of an in and out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we build, we get projects, and depending on what's going on. Uh, for example... And the leadership. <laughs> Let, let, let me just run through, and, and this is your copy, uh, a timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1977s, we get to select program. I'm going to give you this. Okay. Early 1960s, this was part of it. Uh, New Bronzeville Avenue was just a wreck there. I mean, a slum, slum, slum. And... Uh, the, the story is that President uh, Jimmy Carter, that was the main go- gate, was pulling through that gate, and he looked around and why don't y'all do something about this damn shit? <laughs> President Carter. Wow. <laughs> and so-, so there was something. And so we began focusing on this, and again, it's a real mixed story. Uh, but then uh, we we got an urban renewal plan in that area, mm-hmm. a New Bronzeville and a few blocks off. Real nice, cleaned it out, business, commercial, and so forth and so on. Got a strong neighbor uh, business alliance, and at that time we we formed a. Uh, the neighborhood, the uh, Government Hill Neighborhood Alliance, which was something different from the COPS organization. Mm-hmm. That was more of a coalition. Uh, and then we submitted a plan, a proposal. We got funded, I forget, maybe $15, $20 million for getting... Uh, you know, property and fixing up businesses and so forth and so on. Then, uh, oh, the 9-11 thing came along. In uh, 201, they closed the gate. Mm-hmm. See, we had this beautiful <laughs> urban business development, and then yeah. they closed the, the, the gate. And, well, that's, we see it's emergency. You can see it, you know. But when are you going to open the door? The gate goes soon. And this grew into years and years, and it's been more or less permanently shut there. Fort Sam, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. and, and yeah. they spend about $8 million redoing the Walter Street. I don't know whether you're familiar with that. Mm-mm. Take a look there. It's a beautiful entrance and mm. so forth. Yeah. You know, my, my dad grew up, not real far away from here. They lived um, 
street? They li- I think they lived either on North Alamo or off on a little oh, side street. Yeah. It was just for like the first few years of his life because his father was at Fort his his oh. father was military and he was at Fort Sam. Um. So they lived in a little house. I think it was, you know, a shotgun house off North Alamo. And my dad has memories of being able to hear Playland Park at uh-huh. night. That's yes, like that was a fun, that was a real fun park, especially yeah. for our kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so any anyway, uh, our son lives in the big house on Brayhan. Uh huh. <laughs> it's off Broadway by Playland uh, yeah. Park. Anyway, this goes down, and every now and say, "Oh, that's beautiful." Uh, one of the beautiful things happened is we got tight with uh, uh, Joanne and I have formed, uh, when we came here, we formed a uh, senior ministry. Mm-hmm. So that's a real strong core group. And this, We have it, 80 it, seniors that live in this area. It, oh, wow. And mm-hmm. uh, Beatrice Cortez is part of it, but she's sickly and so forth. The singer? She's the cops leader. Oh, the okay, ex cops. Okay. She was And she was president one year she of the was cops the, organization. She, okay. she was the fourth cops uh, organizer or president. Uh, so when uh, uh, you know, things come up uh, now the big thing was well uh, just a, a little sideline there was a big thing because the Fort Sam Houston was a X million improvement. I, I don't know. I mean, tremendous things. I've got a plan in sitting in my files that shows how you integrate this neighborhood. But now, no, the military didn't want to live around here. They want to up here or up here. And so you see these traffic. But in the old days, they did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, we spend a hell of a lot of time on that. Uh, Joanne, you know, but after a while I got tired of sitting on these boards. Cause, but anyway, we did get relationships with Ivy Taylor. We support her on her first election. And later on, we got $400,000 from her for streets and sidewalks that connect St. Patrick's Church with St. Paul's Church. And and you don't just get that buddy around here. And we're talking about... And, all, and Grayson Street from yeah. New Braunfels. Too. No, I was just going to say, that's oh. 400000 there. And then she funded Grayson Street, which was, what, three-quarters of a million dollars. So mm-hmm. that that's fine, but one of the indirect things is the beginning. The developers beginning to see, oh, they got the infrastructure and they've got the the lots. So that began that process, uh, and that's what we're living with today. Mm-hmm. We're uh, the uh, the developers are just. Where they're into the neighborhood, they're always b- building about two blocks from here. They're doing some spot zoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, two blocks. On Carson two. Street, 808 Carson. And then another one in there, another and, one. And, and this is Pier Street out here. So, so, so basically, we're under siege. Yeah. 
Okay, I think I've talked enough. I've got this. I'm willing to fill in, but I think you should hear from Joanne. Okay. What's what's going on, Joanne? And well, I'm and I'm getting hungry. Uh, well, I want to start. Um, um, why the Irish and Polish people here, but mainly the Irish, when when the Irish immigrants came to San Antonio. They established uh, homes around the Alamo. Mm -hmm. So as the downtown uh, became, uh, you know, built up, then they moved north. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we have St. Patrick's Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And um, and then what what Gil said about um, uh, in the, in the early 50s when the Interstate 35 came, mm -hmm. well, a, a lot of, you know, all those homes were, uh, were destroyed. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people moved, you know, to the north side. Okay. And um, um, it was something. Oh, something else that Gil didn't mention was um, Gonzalez. Not the son, but his father. What was his first name? Oh, Henry B. and Henry, Charlie? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, Henry B., he used to, uh, we had on uh, Pine Street, uh, just just over uh, the bridge in, on on Pine Street, is a restaurant. And he would, and uh, the owner's name was Charles de Leon, uh -huh. and they were good friends. So, um, you know, we had his ear and you know, that was bygone days. Um, was this neighborhood always considered part of the east side, or was it considered part of downtown, or has it, uh, No, has it east side. East yeah. side, so it's always yeah, been District 2, or? Uh, we're District 2, okay. William Crushaw is but our it, council. But it's always been historically part of District 2, or? Because it's kind of on the boundaries. Well, Gill was on the board when the when they divided uh, San Antonio into districts. Ah, uh, okay. Gil, you didn't mention that. <laughs> you were on the committee or board or wh when uh, San Antonio was divided into districts. Yes, that's one of my private uh, proudest moments. I'm a little ambivalent now, but I was one of the seven on the district uh, uh, reformulation committee, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. which is another story. Yeah, that's history. Yes. Mm. And uh, mm. I guess the other big thing is that um, you know, Gil and I have, you could say we're senior activists. <laughs> like mm -hmm. the Sinkins. <laughs> uh -huh. Anyway, um, uh, the senior ministry, we have 80 on our roster that lives, you know, 80 seniors that live in the, and when I say seniors, it, a lot of them are, you know, man and wife, you know, but some are, you know, widows. Widow. And um, so we get together once a month for a potluck, the second Wednesday of every month, we have a potluck supper. Mm -hmm. So that Beatrice Cortez, she... Um, she's real up on, you know, events and what's happening. Uh-huh. So she, you know, we, we always call her on the agenda. It says, 
you know, Beatrice Cortez, Pearls of Wisdom. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, she's still active to this day. And um, Did she have any relation to Ernie? Ernie Cortez, like the original oh, like, COPS organizer? Or? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Uh, Just... But her husband, uh, Beatrice's husband, his name is Andres or Andrew, uh, but uh, he can remember when uh, the houses were torn down because this is his neighborhood. Oh, okay. And um, uh, what? Oh, and then St. Patrick's had a, a school, and it was called uh, St. Patrick's Academy. Mm-hmm. And he and you know that that just tore his heart when the school that he went to was torn down. Mm. You might mention about the prejudice about the Mexicans and Oh yeah. That at St. Patrick's uh they used to tell uh the Mexicanos that they had to sit on the side. <laughs> but guess what? Now it should be called San Patricio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I also and there's met, a very few Anglo. I, I also met this little chapel over here too. Oh yeah, they had a, a little chapel, and that Th- was where the Mexicanos spo- uh, was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, there was another little chapel on Brahan Street. No, at, that that no, honey, that was something else. Well, this one over here. Yeah, what was that one called? Queen know, of Peace but, or something. Yeah, it, but it was a quote Mexican little, what uh, what do they call those huts in the army? Oh, Quonset huts. Quonset huts. Yeah. Uh-huh. In in fact, I think the it's on the bureau. Uh huh. Okay. Go ahead, Joanna. So. Um, this is just something that happened this week. Uh, this week, Tuesday, uh, I had to, uh, well, I went with some other seniors that live in this area, and this one gal is not a senior, but um, we went to a zoning meeting mm-hmm. at uh, One Stop. Oh, One Stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we had um, 17 of the neighborhood people were there, and 10 of us spoke. Tell me what the issue is. And what the issue was, at 808 Carson, these developers want to build a a condo, Mm -hmm. and um, each one would go for $400,000 each. Wow. And And all our lots in 2010, the board, they voted that all our... Uh, lots would be single family. In our neighborhood plan. Yeah, and we have a neighborhood plan. That's how we were able to defend this over here, this corner. Gotcha. Yeah. And right now, uh, two teachers from the Harlandale School District are going to build a house Uh there Uh in this lot right here. Yeah. And we have like 20-some empty lots, you know, in, in our... And we go from Broadway all the way over to Heinz Boulevard, which is in the Walter Street area. Okay. Do, do you want to see a map? 
Yeah, that would be helpful. But keep, yeah. keep talking. Though. Yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, at this zoning meeting, there were only Rose Hill and Marie Stout, who's she's 94 years old. Oh my goodness. Were there? So there was. Oh wow! Okay. So let let let, let me. Uh, I'm gonna get another mountain too. Mm. Here's Fort Sam. Yeah. The highway, right? Uh huh. Interstate thirty five. Like, mm. Brownfield. So we're some. We're like here. And so yeah. Government Hill is it only this part? Or? Uh huh. Yeah, we're you're sitting right here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Pierce. Oh yeah, there's just yeah. Government Hill is from here that signs. to Broadway. Okay. So we're like a, a rectangle. And, and, yeah. and the parish, same boundaries, but it goes down to Burris and, and a little this way. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. and, and over here, kind of the railroad tracks, that's the parish. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, so. this, this is of interest. You know where the school district property is? Over, uh, over here on Austin, school district property. Where they park the buses? Any, yes. Any, anyway, uh, the school district has a lot of property. They sold it out. That's all here. They sold all this area. Mm -hmm. 13 acres It's going to be converted into a pearl-like wow. thing. Uh, this is Carson Street. And if you go by there, they see it. You can see it set up to go through Broad, uh, Broadway to Pearl. This, this, the the right of way is already in place. That's where the buses go too. So, so they yeah. have plans. They have plans for this whole area. Oh, like. they have all detailed plans for this, and they've changed the zoning and so. Gray forth. Street Partners are. Yes, that's their project. And then there's little spot zoning, you know, all over the place. I thought, did I hear somewhere that spot zoning was illegal? They're not supposed that, to? That means you have an apartment with, you know, some, with single residents all over. That's not a legal term. Mm -hmm. But she's saying that that's illegal. Isn't well, it? Yeah, I understand it's against state law. That's Ramundo's thing, and we did. Oh. They did honor that as being illegal. But the the planners, you know, they they have their language. And, um, what was I going to ask you? Oh, before mm -hmm. the highway came in. Yeah, let me what? say one more thing. Mm -hmm. The Alamo Community District is also. They have that huge area this day in about a year and a half so this is going to be all people and these people are going to need apartments and uh, you know some of them want to buy these houses and so forth so we're really in in uh, in siege do you okay so what's what's happening right now of those uh, 17 people that went to that zoning meeting on Tuesday, well, there's, um, if you count me, there's four women who, are, who have organized a meeting for, actually, well, for Tuesday. 
uh, March the 27th at 6.30 at St. Patrick's Hall. And... Um, oh, you and Pluto yourself? Uh-huh. So we're going to have, um, like, the architect of this, what they want to build, oh, okay. to do the presentation. And just, um, you know, if the group has any um, questions about... Um, you know, mm -hmm. what's going to be built there and, you know, what we can do. Mm -hmm. Now, the next zoning meeting is on April the 3rd mm -hmm. at uh, 1 o'clock at one stop. Okay. So we're getting ready for that. And, so, and as an organizer, you know, I say, how are you building power in the group and what are the specific short-term goals you want to discuss? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they vaguely, but... You know, a real good organizer would really help them focus, but like I say, they're inexperienced. And well, um, I tend to be more optimistic about things, and Gil is more... <laughs> You're a good combination. <laughs> um, you know, I always tell Gil, you got to believe, you know. <laughs> and you got to believe in people. And uh, Beatrice Cortez has... Um, uh, contacted Walter Moore, who is mm -hmm. the organizer now of the COPS organization, okay. because um, what we're saying, what happens uh, in this zoning case will affect all of the um, uh, neighborhood organizations, you know. Because if it's allowed to go through, either basically it's a green flag to change in the neighborhood plans wherever yeah you know? like oh yeah, yeah it doesn't right. matter what the neighborhood plan has said in the past like we're gonna allow you you know right that was what happened at um at mission trails also oh that there had been uh uh south south central i can't remember the name the specific name of the neighborhood uh -huh. plan but the developers were able to um before it was on anybody's radar they went and got an exception to the plan, or they changed. Oh. They went and they changed, and I don't think it was even at the level of the zoning commission. It was at the level of the planning commission. Mm. They changed the plan so that then they could go to the next step of getting the rezoning for that mobile home park, and that's mm. how they... So, I mean, I think, yeah, it's a, it's a critical... It's you know, a critical struggle. At the end of that, um, well, well, the commissioners they um, they they decided. You know, they didn't approve it, but gave it a continuance. Mm -hmm. So, what's your understanding of of a continuance a plan? A continuance. Um, isn't that just like where they're not deciding to vote at that time? They're gonna. That's how I understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I thought. Maybe. It's just a delay. But the funniest, I mean, no, the saddest, however you want to take it, uh, Rose Hill, who's uh, the president of the government hill, well, she did her little spill, but, you know, and then we we had 10 speakers, you know, who were voting, I mean, who talked against the zoning change. So, it, in effect, it like we won. And... Um, Actually, it was the representative from District 2, whose name is Spikes or something, 
because uh, I hadn't met him before, but I made a point to introduce myself at the end of the meeting. But anyway, Rose Hill left the meeting, and I was more or less right in back of her, and she was going out the door, and she, all at once she turned around, and she, she threw up her arms, and she said, it's illegal, it's illegal. <laughs> and they, ha they had to call security to remove her from the building. Wow. That was... Talk about drama. <laughs> so what is around the site where they want to put those $400,000 condos? What is your question? Homes. Oh, I was just asking, who are the neighbors around the site where they want to put those condos? Um, one is Tina and Mike Guerra, and they have, you know, just a beautiful home, and she's like a... a um, she's... Well, that's it, not near there. Well, that's a block away. Uh, yeah. A block and, and away. Then, and Denise a, Homer, who is kind of a leader. What did, about in the immediate area? Well, that's... We, we got the preacher and... Yeah. And, but it's just homes. It's just long-term long, yeah. long residents yeah. living in homes. That they I think they, actually, they got, what, three objections... Uh, it, it, don't quote me. I, it was you know they people don't yeah. respond to this. Kind of I don't know. I'd say the ones immediate or indifferent. Those they organize close by or against it. And there's a preacher with a house with a church, kind of across the street, who's against it. Are people seeing their property taxes go up? Because of the well, development? Well, that's, that's one thing that um, we're bringing up. Yeah. Let me see. And so all of this development is kind of a spillover from the Pearl, is that right? Like No, it's... We, we see it more as, well, that might be spurring the developers, but uh -huh. we see it as the developers, kind of what we say among us is, they want to tear down our old houses. Like, this house was built in 1925. Oh, wow. Yeah. And that's what most of them, you know, are, are even older. There's some of those mansions that were built for Army officers. Well, those were built in, in the late 1800s. Mm -hmm. Like, our first church was built in 1892. Mm. Now this is, but, but the, and and the this second church was built... In, that's standing now in 1923. The, the pattern you're going to see is the more of these uh, 250,000 things go up, the more the property values go up. Right. There's al already three, four, five properties, uh, real nice homes, that their property has been uh, changed into $350,000. And next door, say the thing of oh, seventy thousand or hundred and forty thousand. Mm -hmm. uh, for a senior with a homestead, right? That that's fine. But given five, ten years ago, years from now, their kids aren't going to be able to f afford the you know, the pay. Right. So they're going to have to sell the home. So uh -huh. what we have basically is gentrification. Right. And what are the demographics of this neighborhood in terms of age, race, and ethnicity? Um, 
like um, language? I mean, what's the kind of overall? Is it mostly Mexicanos? Is it very mixed? Is it? Well, if you want to, <laughs> there's two women who have already they've already done this. Uh, they sent out a, a, a circular about. Tuesday night's meeting, mm -hmm. and um, this one uh, woman, Antonia Infantante, who is really the, the lead person, well, there's two that are really, uh, she called me one day and she said, Joanne, she said, my, mi español no, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, it isn't that good, and she's Mexicana, do you know somebody that can, uh, write, uh, do it in Spanish, what was on the circular. Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, call Raul Salceda. And so, she, huh? and so she did. And uh, so on one side of the paper, of the circular that they're passed, they passed out with is English and the other. But uh, there'll be still uh, residents of, uh, you know, educated people like you. We have several that have moved yeah. in. Uh, some Anglos, Mexicano, middle-class educators, mm -hmm. they'll be there. But I'm saying more the gente, the working mm -hmm. class I was talking they'll mm -hmm. be removed yeah. once they died. Yeah. But right. what we're also seeing is examples of the parents living here and then, you know, the children have married. Uh, there's two that I can think of. In fact, this house right next to us. Well, honey. Uh, uh, they're the kids, and, and uh, the parents live yes. over on Carson Street. Now, that was possible in the past, but I'm saying that's beginning to come. Because this house here next door is going to cost, what, 300000 250 next door? That's going to bring up the property rates. And, you know, mm -hmm. those and poor kids are, are just knocking themselves, paying for the... Automobile and, oh, yeah. and the and the mortgage. Yeah. What's and, your question? And there's going to be a house across the street. Well, we don't know that. Yeah. Anyway, we've gotten a lot of input. But we, I, I, we, I wanna... We've gotten into the here and now issue, which is really, you know, I, I don't want to get into it, but I, I, I think the developers have it, you know. But Joanne... It, oh, why don't you have a last word in, have you gotten enough input or do you want to, you know? Yeah, I think so. Kind of. The other thing, um, and she just lives over here on Mason Street, the one that's uh, superintendent from, I don't know what school district. Uh, she yeah. said, what I like about living here, and this was at the zoning meeting, I can walk from my house mm -hmm. to the Pearl and, uh, you know, just... Enjoy that, you know, and and the and I I took some notes, and nine people, of the neighbors were mm -hmm. in favor of it, and uh, uh, five opposed. So, because there were seventeen of us there, and ten of us spoke, mm -hmm. and you know the members of the zoning commission, you know. They took heart of what we were saying, mm -hmm. and um, oh, and then we also uh, a woman from uh, 
the Conservation Society. Yes, they've uh, been back in us. They were they were opposed to mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the sponsor only. Yeah, uh, you know, like I say, what we're into right now is a current fight that, uh, you know, to me, Jesus. Ten years ago, I would have been enjoying it, but I don't know. But um, I don't know. Um, why don't you tell us what you need to know, mm -hmm. or just mm -hmm. you know any? Yeah. I, I think the main thing is the message is we ain't victims. We're fighting back. But Jesus, there's a there's a powerful structure out there that's beating in on us. And old Gil is just kind of <laughs> fading away. Oh. But and, and Joanne should be, but you know, she's... But I think, I mean, it makes me think a lot about what was so successful. I mean, what is missing, I think, in this moment is the fact that there's no kind of unifying... A coalition. We have that, a community here. Yeah, like every every little neighborhood is is having to deal with these same issues in their little corner of it, and yet there's not a level of coordination or organization between those neighborhoods because they're all up against the same forces. It's all part of the redevelopment of downtown and the impact it's having on the neighborhoods. And what I think what cop I mean that's what cops did well was to have that kind of citywide. Mm -hmm. and, and we it, would meet, yeah. you know, and they still do, but it's nothing like that. And the other yeah. thing, we had a very strong neighborhood group association. What uh, twenty years ago, or I saw a person there that knows about a very strong neighborhood. Association of, of neighborhoods. Oh yeah, right. And, yeah. and that broke down. Right, and now it seems like oftentimes the huh? now it seems oftentimes the neighborhood associations don't necessarily reflect mm -hmm. the uh, the entire neighborhood, or it becomes a way for the developers to like, oh, the neighborhood association is for it, then we're good. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one question, try to make it short. Yeah. Okay, the youth movement. Mm. Mm -hmm. My contention is, do they really know enough about history? Or are they really... I think that, I've thought about this recently. Uh, I think all movements have to be, for that very reason, intergenerational there has to be young people and elders working together because... Yeah, what we learned, and we didn't learn anything, but we learned something, yeah. Yeah, because what the young people have is energy. Right. And what the elders have is the institutional memory of what works and what doesn't so that you don't have to recreate the wheel every time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, That's about it. Thank you very much for. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna stop the recording. Well, you you like I say, keep checking with Joanne. Okay. And